The Commentary Booth is a show for media lovers by media lovers just like you. If you want to support the show, go to pariomagazine.com.au. Welcome to the commentary booth, where we watch and you guessed it, commentate on the week that was in movies and TV. I'm your host and play-by-play commentator, Jamie Apps, and each week I'm joined by a rotating cast of colour commentators to help you find your next viewing treat. This week I'm joined by an impact fee technician who lists her favourite movie as A Nightmare on Elm Street and favourite TV show as Golden Girls. Welcome back to the show, Karina Maybe. Howdy, howdy. How's, How's everything? Going? Um, it was wet today. Like, it rained a lot today. It's raining here too, so. Oh, look at that. You can keep that shit because it's cold too, so it's, I'm not feeling it. It's not too bad here. It's just wet. Yeah. Just gross. Mm. No, no fun. So yeah, we're back again for another episode in our Last of Us review series. Today, looking at episode four, which is so far the most action-packed episode of the series as we continue our journey and arrive at the next big city on the journey. Before we sort of dive into the nitty gritty of the episode, what did you think of this one? Um, it was good. Um, it wasn't as uh, soul crushing as the last episode, so I'm happy about that. <laughs> that was a night. It was kind of like a palate cleanser in an odd way. Yeah, we've sort of we've been introduced to the world now. We've been introduced to our main core group of characters and yeah now it was just let's get on to the journey let's dive into a bit of action and show show just how dangerous humans are in this environment as well which i thought was definitely needed to put the monsters on the the back burner for a second and show that yeah there's a lot of other dangers in this universe as well yeah humanity has gone to shit essentially like it's sad that you know that seems to happen in every uh disaster ever <laughs> yeah people just become very selfish and focus on themselves that at everyone else's cost who cares mm-hmm. yeah as long as they can get ahead that's all that matters to some people yep so as we dive into this episode this one clocks in at 46 minutes making it the second shortest of the season with surprisingly the shortest episode being the finale which clocks in at 43 minutes that's interesting i didn't know that yeah, somewhat unusual that the finale is the shortest, usually. They're the longest, usually. Yeah, usually they're up there in length where everything culminates in this one episode. But yeah, this one, this series, it's the shortest. And I guess that's because, yeah, so much happens in this season and we just get the, the climax of the ultimate end of this story, of what's going on with Ellie and the rest of the universe, essentially. Maybe that's not such a bad idea, like getting the, the guts of everything out ahead of time that way it's like a nice smooth ending for the most part yeah it's it just sort of that finale is kind of tying up all the the loose ends at the end and yeah it is very similar to the game where the final chapter is very short compared to the rest of the game mm. so as i mentioned this episode is us continuing on our journey joel and ellie traveling across heading west in america towards the west coast they come across, but we open the episode with Ellie after having found her gun in the last episode, pretending to shoot her gun in the 
in the mirror, which was like interesting, but also a little bit weird because she went to Fedra school. So wouldn't they have all been trained in weapons? Yeah, you would think unless she just hadn't gotten that far, maybe. Maybe she only had like a brief introduction to it. But you would think that most of them should know at least how to handle one. And yeah, it kind of pays off a little bit later in the episode where Joel finds out that she has the gun and he looks at her and goes, have you ever used one of these before? And she's like, oh yeah, I shot one. But then he looks at how she's holding it and just goes, oh, that's all wrong. And shows her how to hold it yeah. more securely so that it can't just be batted out of her hand, which I thought was a very cool bonding moment later in the episode. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that they bond over those kind of things, you know, generally like parents bond with their kids over movies or something like that and this is like oh i'm gonna show you how to hold a gun and potentially fire it <laughs> mm, i don't know america <laughs> oh okay we went to walmart and well that is true your walmart was like hey here's a steak dinner and a shotgun yeah we could have walked out of walmart with a rifle that day that i was there so yeah yeah so and there was little kid rifles so i'm sure there are mm-hmm. some parents that bond with their kids over that is very true here's how to hold a gun here's how to handle a weapon don't accidentally shoot yourself in the butt. Yeah, nope, you're not lying. I had a... Man. You forgot you lived in America. Yeah, well, my kid and I bond over, you know, video games and beating each other up in Mortal Kombat. Not here, I'm going to take you to the shooting range and show you how to skeet shoot or something, but teach their own. <laughs> That's all right. We'll, we'll take her to the, the shooting range and get our pew pew on when I'm over there. Oh my God, yeah, Machine Gun America. Here we go. Let's, let's get this done. <laughs> to be fair, I'm pretty sure Chloe would love that. She would love to get... It'd probably improve her skills in Destiny and stuff. (laughs) Oh my god. As the episode continues, we get another little bonding moment with Joel. We find Joel siphoning some petrol out of some abandoned cars, and Ellie asks him, like, what the hell are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. Even he is unable to explain how a siphon works, but he also talks about traveling pre-outbreak and how Ellie's like, oh, you... You used to be able to just go anywhere. Where did you travel to? And he's just kind of like, nowhere really. We just <laughs> went to work and went home. Like we traveled in this same small bubble, which I can definitely relate to. Yeah, same here. I mean, sometimes I just don't like to be out with people. I don't know. The more, the older I get, the less I like people. So <laughs> I, I feel where he's coming from. <laughs> yeah, the older we get, the the closer we become to Bill. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I'll leave on my own little island at school. Own little fenced off community I'm happy with. Yeah. Everything I need is right here. It was crazy. Um, I've, I've seen so many people and like heard so many stories of people siphoning gas, especially like when there's shortages or a storm coming. And I've never gotten to that like level of like desperation. So for me to watch, watch him do that, I'm like, oh, wow, I would never do that in a million years. Like I understood how it, how it worked, but I've never physically thought about doing that because it sounds horrible yeah i understand i understand like how to do it practically but i'd never want to do it because you always see them they always get sucking on the hose and getting a mouthful of it and you're like, yeah yeah because there's no way to get to gauge it it just happens i guess and I'm, this is like oh yep it's there jesus yeah there's no i can never be prepared for that no thank you and this episode introduces one of my favorite parts of ellie in the video games her pun slash joke book that Joel absolutely hates to begin with. We get to sort of see a bit of Ellie's silly, goofy kid personality with this book, but yeah, Joel is not a fan to begin with. I 
love her pun book. It's a book I would own probably. I, think I knew I've you used, would. Yeah, yeah. I've, I'm the best with puns. Like I, I love doing puns and sending you daily pun shit. It's, it's very fun to like see her have that book and tell some of the jokes. And yeah, I remember in the first version of the game, that was like randomly she would tell jokes. Okay. You had to listen to all of the jokes throughout the game. That's funny. That she told, and if you stopped and listened and paid attention to every joke, you got a trophy at the end. So it's cool to see that sort of carry over into the show. They didn't just drop that. That's really fun. That's that's such a fun kind of like side thing to do to make sure that you can like platinum it too. I'm just going to listen to all these dumb jokes. It was very annoying though, because like if she said it as you were like looking at something and then took a step away. It didn't count. <laughs> you had to like restart that section. It was like, oh, Jesus. Oh no. Surprised you didn't jot down any of them to use later on you probably jotted down some i've got some later oh good i'm ready they finish siphoning the gas they get into the car and we get another major moment from the game although in a slightly different context ellie finds bill's gay porn magazine stash in the back of the car <laughs> i love it she's like why are all these pages stuck together <laughs> And Joel's just like, oh, don't know how to explain this. Has that awkward dad moment of like, I'm not ready for this conversation. I'm not ready for this conversation. No, and then she like finally pries them open and she goes, oh. Uh, it's, it's light on reading, but there's some very interesting pictures. Put it down, put those away. And then she drops the, uh, how did he even walk around with that thing? And you just see Joel in the front seat of this you just being like, oh, oh my God. what the hell? What do I do? It's great. It's ideal. It's such a funny moment. They continue on their journey after she tosses the magazine out the window. Miles and miles of empty highway. And then they divert off to make camp in the woods, which was like a telling moment for Ellie as well, where they're in there, they get to bond a little bit more as we see Joel go into protective dad mode again, cooking the, the food, which is 20-year-old Chef Boyardee ravioli, which they both really like. And that stuff's gross, honestly. Yeah, they both Not think it's pretty fan. cool. At least it wasn't SpaghettiOs. And then, yeah, we, we see Ellie scoffing it down. Joel's like, eat slower. And she's like, this is slow. I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. Jesus. And it's like the first decent meal, if you can call it decent, that they've had in how, however long and, you know, probably ever for that matter. I'm sure the meal rations weren't the best. Yeah, well, in those first couple, few episodes, we saw them just eating, like, beef jerky and episode two, Ellie has a full sandwich, but... That's only because Marlene gave it to her. <laughs> yeah, from then on, it's just... A little bit of beef jerky here and there and whatever they can scrounge up from Bill's house ends up being some 20-year-old tinned ravioli, which I guess, yeah, would taste pretty delicious if, if that's the only thing you've had in a long time. So this, this show has clearly um, shown me that not only are, are Twinkies going to survive the apocalypse, but also Chef Boyardee now. Cool. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, anything, anything tinned lasts forever. But in that moment, we also, they're out in the cold in the wilderness and... Ellie wants to start a fire, but Joel won't let her. And this kind of foreshadows them beginning to understand that it's not just the clickers and the infected that are dangerous because Joel says, yeah, a fungus isn't smart enough to understand what smoke from a fire is, but people are, and that's what we need to be worried about because they would do a lot more than just rob us. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's I mean, they could be friend or foe, but you can't, you don't know until you actually meet them. And that's the scary part of it. And Ellie doesn't fully comprehend that, I don't think. And yeah, like they, they get to bond over that with Joel kind of reassuring her and comforting her. And 
Ellie gets to be a little bit cheeky as she goes to sleep and she tells her why did the, the Scarecrow win an award joke? What was it? I don't remember what it was. I feel like I heard this though on TikTok. <laughs> because he was outstanding in his field. Yep, I heard that on TikTok the other day and I'm like, oh boy, it was like best dad jokes or something. So this, this book that she's got is a winner. That's all I can say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot of them like later in the season where she she pulls out random jokes and always makes, she eventually gets Joel on side and makes him giggle with some of these jokes, even though you can tell he's just like, oh, why am I laughing at this? Yeah, they're so stupid, they're funny. Yeah, like I said, Joel is still in protective dad mode because as Ellie begins to fall asleep, he's up, awake, standing guard, protecting their little campsite. So he has sort of come around to being like, I I do need to look after this girl. This isn't just about getting to Tommy anymore. Now it is um, interesting to see that his character development of understanding like how important she is and making that his main focus now, like his whole demeanor's changed now and solely focusing on Ellie for the most part. Uh, and then Ellie wakes up and they, she smells the coffee. <laughs> People drink this stuff. It smells like burnt shit. Mm, she's missing out on life. That's all I can say. Yeah. And like they, they reference Starbucks being a real thing. Like back in the queues, she's like, this is what they used to sell in this place. Why? Why not? I mean, coffee's amazing. Especially hot coffee straight off the fire. We'll agree to disagree. <laughs> That is all I'm going to say, because iced coffee is the winner, and you know that. Ellie probably would have liked it if it were iced. Just saying. Nah. <laughs> they wake up, they have their coffee, even though Ellie just like, oh, no, no, thank you. <laughs> they continue on their journey, and we get more of an understanding of, yeah, Ellie doesn't understand sort of how big the world is outside of the QZ, because she's tasked with navigating while Joel drives, and she's looking at the map, and you sort of realizes just how far they have they have to travel to get to Tommy, and she gets a little bit lost. And Joel's like, "Stop using the state map. Use the the city map." And she's like, "Bro, it's my first time in a car. Let me alone." <laughs> yeah, I never used a map before. It's very overwhelming. We also get a little bit more backstory on Joel and Tommy and sort of their whole story because yeah, while they realize that they have so far to travel, Ellie asks about Tommy. And what happened to him and why he isn't with Joel anymore. And Joel tries to brush it off. It's a long story. And Ellie's just quickly like, uh, is it longer than 25 hours? Because I'm pretty sure that's what we've got. So let's go. Yeah. Joel decides, okay, I'm going to tell her this backstory and how him and Tommy ended up meeting up with Tess and Marlene and the Fireflies. And Ellie asks like, yeah, if you don't have hope, why do you keep going? And Joel says, yeah, it's about family. and I think it's in that moment where you realize he's basically said, okay, Tommy and now Ellie are kind of my family. These are the two main people in my life that I need to look after. Absolutely. Yeah. You can just, it's almost like he flips the switch at that point and you can just tell like, yep, this is, this is it for me. Especially when we get Ellie kind of echoing what Sarah did in episode one where uh, I'm not even tired and then immediately falls asleep. Yeah. It was, it's like the, the generic like teenager moment, like, no, I'll be fine. I can stay up as late as I want. I, I'm not going to fall asleep and then just like knocks out. <laughs> Especially in a moving car. Like, oh, absolutely. Like, I'm awake. I'm awake. I'm awake. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. And then Ellie wakes up and they've hit a roadblock. We see that there's a bunch of like skeletons in these cars. So they've been here for a long time. It's either remnants of the first couple of days of the outbreak or 
potentially even worse people setting this up and they decide, no, nah, it's too far for us to now go back and detour right around the city. So we'll cut through it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's, this is where Ellie gets lost. <laughs> yeah. Like- it's my fucking first day in a car, man. Give me a break. Yeah. So, so savage straight up. How do we get to the highway? I don't know. Then we get one of the potentially scariest moments and biggest moments of the game to where they get ambushed, which we learn Joel kind of immediately recognized what was happening because he's been involved in things like this before. Right. Where it plays out very similar to the game where they they come through this road and a brick gets thrown through the window, except I'm pretty sure in the game it's a TV. Like gets thrown off a building and comes through the window. Oh God! Like one of the old like CRT TVs, like the yeah. big box TVs. Pretty sure it was a TV in that one, but in this one, it's a, a cinder block. They speed off and hit a bunch of road spikes and crash in to a laundromat, and that's when you in the game end up being in this shootout, which they do here. And Joel starts popping them with his rifle, and some of the one-liners that you hear the ambushes screaming out as they're being shot at, or one guy gets dropped and his allies, the, the lines they scream out, I'm pretty sure were ripped straight from the game. Oh, really? Yeah, like they are. <laughs> word for word. <laughs> word for word from the game, which I thought was a nice little touch. Yeah, absolutely. That's funny. Uh, and we get Ellie being forced to, so- to save Joel, who his hearing isn't the best anymore because he has fired a gun so much. And Ellie sneaks up behind the, the ambush that's tackled Joel and shoots him in the spine and from the looks of it paralyzes him. And that was a, a pretty heavy moment because you start hearing him immediately beg for his mother and like just gives Joel a knife, like, take me to my mom, like I don't want to die. Yeah. I'll give you whatever you want. And yeah, that was really sad and heartbreaking moment and distressing. Just real distressing. Yeah, and you can kind of see like Joel just kind of like looking looking at Ellie like do you understand what you just did kind of moment like I don't know you're like I know you're in the the moment or whatever like the heat of the moment and you want to help out but do you fully comprehend your actions and how they have consequences and stuff so it was kind of an interesting uh, moment to to view with both of them and I like that he he sends her away too so she doesn't have to watch how bad those consequences are like you you go in that room and I'll I'll deal with this and then we'll We'll deal with it afterwards. Yeah. And that moment where he sends her away to also kind of showcases some, some more of the traversal puzzles that you have in the game where because Ellie is a smaller character, she can get through little holes and things that Joel can't. So mm-hmm. throughout the game, you'll have to like boost her up through a hole or she'll crawl through a hole that Joel can't fit in. And help you out. And then she moves something on the other side that opens a door, which is what she does here. I thought that was very cool to, to see stuff like that. Yeah, that is really fun. Cause, and, and it makes sense that it would be transferred over because, I mean, the size of Joel, you wouldn't expect him to fit through a small little opening that a 14-year-old girl could fit through. So that's really nice that they kept that true. Bella Ramsey also like, yeah, pulls another line from the game where she's going like, where would you be without me? And it's just so funny <laughs> to see Ellie like be so happy to be helping out but also be a bit of a smartass about it as well. Yeah, like you'd never get, out, get around here without me. Like, the heck especially when joel is on the other side being like be careful look around make sure it's safe before you do anything and she's just like boop, 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 open mm-hmm. yeah no no thought in the world <laughs> and then like we can in this, this show rather than the game 
we can diverge off and get a bit of backstory on some of the other characters. And we're introduced to Kathleen, played by Melanie Linsky, as the leader of the group that now occupies, which we come to learn is they're not the Fireflies, they're not Fedra, they're just this like rogue kind, kind of, of split away rogue group that have taken over by overthrowing Fedra and they're now essentially hunting down anybody that was working with Fedra or informing Fedra on where the rebels were. Yeah. What did you think of this Kathleen character? Um, I liked the character. I actually recognized the actress from a different movie and she's all, I've seen her in a couple things and she always plays like a side character. Um, but she always has a really strong character too. Like she's either playing like I think she played like a sister at one point. Um, and in this role, she's got an even bigger role and, you know, she's more uh, in your face, I guess, kind of moment. But I mean, I understand that she's trying to do the best for her cause and what she feels is right. But I think she's going about it the completely wrong way. Oh, 100% because... She's lost it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, like she is now hunting down Fedra informants and ruling with like an iron thumb. And basically she mm -hmm. has become everything she hated about the, the Fedra occupation. Yeah, like her cause, the idea of her cause was great at first, but she just let the power go to her head at this point, And she, you know, one of those my way or the highway kind of moments again. Mm -hmm. And we find out that she's hunting Henry, who is a, a major sort of character from the game. And we also find out that the person that Ellie shot and then Joel killed was her brother, but she doesn't realize that Ellie and Joel are in the city. So she immediately blames her biggest enemy, Henry, and wants every collaborator found and killed. And she goes back and kills the doctor that she had held captive, who we found out was the doctor that gave birth to her, essentially, like mm -hmm. delivered her. It's like, Jesus. Yeah, her personal doctor from whenever. Yeah, it's crazy that she's just become that that heartless and that set on her ways. Yeah, she's just like, if, if you're not going to help me, then... You're against me, yeah. And she sends her right-hand man out to kind of search out Henry and hunt him down. And her right-hand man, I'm not sure what his name was, but he's played by the actor Jeffrey Pierce, who is an actor pulled from the game. Oh, really? He's the original voice of Tommy. Oh, that's that's interesting. Yeah. so That's really cool fun. That, it's cool that they have got a few, like, actors that were involved in the game because... He's the second actor from the game to appear in the series. The first one was, uh, what's her name? Merle Dandridge playing mm -hmm. Marlene. She was the actor that played Marlene. She actually got to play the exact same role, which is pretty cool to see. Yeah, it must have been kind of fun for her too because she didn't really have to change a whole lot. Like She actually got to bring her character from you know, just doing a voiceover to actually acting her out then, so that must have been really fun. I'm glad they, they kept her because the other person they were considering for that role was Jada Pinkett Smith. Mm. I guess is a great actress, but... I don't think she's a Marlene, though. No, it's definitely easier to just keep the person that played the role and kind of knows this character inside and out. Yeah, especially if they're willing to, to do that. Like, you'd absolutely need to jump on that 100%. Yeah, I think she said when she found out that the show was happening, she was determined to get this role and she did everything in her power to get it and I'm... I'm glad that they stuck with her. So we see the, the occupying force swarming all over the city and Joel and Ellie realizing, oh, we're in, we're in a very bad situation now. Like we need to make our way out of this city and get out of here as quickly as possible. So 
Ellie has learnt quite quickly from Joel in previous episodes where she looks out the window, like through a small crack and sees a high-rise building and immediately knows, okay, that's where we need to get to. We need to get to the top, look out and find a way out of this city. Out of here. Yeah, which is really good that she's been able to kind of um, develop and understand those kind of skills that she needs to survive. Before they leave their little hideout that they're in, this is where we get a, a lot of insight into how she and Joel are both coping with her shooting this guy before like you can tell that she feels really guilty about having to shoot this guy even though she saved Joel she's like wiping tears away and clearly troubled by it with this being kind of the first time she's had to hurt a person that wasn't infected like I think she's killed infected and stuff before but she hasn't really hurt people other than the soldier in episode one who she stabbed and that was kind of just to save herself yeah you can tell it weighs really heavy on her she's she probably doesn't fully understand what happened honestly she was just thinking you know adrenaline takes over at that point and she probably wasn't really understanding of that and it just kind of eventually gets to her it shows how much she realizes joel how important joel is as well like she's willing to hurt other people to protect him and He's willing to do the same for her. So there's definitely a, a bond there. And I love when Joe gives her gun back, but he still doesn't want to carry it around. He's like, just put it in your bag. I don't want you to accidentally shoot yourself. Forget about it. Forget it's there. <laughs> we switch back to Kathleen and her group and they find Henry's hideout in the attic covered in drawings. And you're like, oh, either Henry's a kid or he has a kid. And why are they hunting him down? Mm-hmm. We also find out that they are now Henry is now out of food so he's going to become a lot more desperate which is concerning when we're like thinking all about Joel and Ellie it's like oh crap how are they gonna play out with these two very desperate forces hunting each other and now our guys are stuck in the middle of this caught in the crossfire yeah it's really um really a conundrum that they put themselves into there Kathleen and her sidekick guy they go downstairs as they're searching for Henry in this building and they go into this, the basement and see the, the like kind of collapsed floor all cracked and sinking. But as they're standing there, it starts to like move, like it's breathing and like, oh, oh, oh. Shit. A cool callback to Joel telling Ellie about the fungus growing pretty rapidly underground and kind of you have to be wary of stuff like that because that's where the infected can pop up from at times, yeah. which is very... Very scary, so they seal off that building, which is something that you see in the game a lot where you simply can't go into some buildings because they are sealed off. Oh, that's interesting. Do they, out of curiosity, now that you, like, now that I'm remembering it, it's the underground kind of shenanigans that can affect it. Is there, like, an issue with, like, sewer systems when you're in these cities where things pop out of the ground, out of, like, manhole coverings? Uh, not in the game, no. Oh, okay. I think because, like, most of the time the infected are too dumb to, like, climb ladders they're kind of just stumbling and bumbling around and running yeah so. i don't know i just that would have been an interesting concept to see <laughs> yeah i think it's just like yeah if you go down into like sewers and stuff you can you got to be a little bit more cautious because they are more likely to be down there but other than that no okay we switch back to joel and ellie they finally get to their massive skyscraper go into the stairwell and they have 45 flights of stairs to get up and Joel struggles with his age and his knees because he's 56 years old, which is a little tweak compared to the game. Like we've seen the timeline be tweaked a little bit in terms of when the outbreak happens and where it fits within 
the the timeline because in the game this it's kind of all shifted a little bit later in in time whereas mm-hmm. this instead of being 20 the outbreak happening in 2013 it happens in 2003 okay so everything's kind of shifted around a bit in the show Joel is born September 26 1967 whereas in the game he was born September 26 1961 okay so you get a little bit of a, a difference there which means he was 32 when the outbreak took place in the game in 2013. Um, not happens here in 2003, so he's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. In the game, he's 51 when he meets Ellie in 2033, whereas here he's 56. So, so he's a little bit, little bit younger, but not by much in the game. Yeah, which I think plays better. They've, they've made it play a bit better because in the game you see him, a lot of the time you're crouching down, sneaking with him, and I think, I think it was Craig Mazin said, yeah, you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't see a 56-year-old man crouching and creeping around with his knees and climbing up 45 flights of stairs. Like, they, they highlight that, yeah, my knees are bad. I can't do half of this stuff. Like, I mean, you're in your 30s, and I don't see you crawling through small little holes or anything. <laughs> your, your knees give out, too. I get up funny sometimes. I'm like, oh, nope, I'm stuck. <laughs> and, yeah, this is where Ellie asked Joel about how he recognized the ambush so quickly, and he basically says to her, yeah, I, I realized what was happening because I've been on both sides of that situation. I, it's not like it's happened to me before, but yeah, I've, I've been on both sides. I've been ambushed previously. I've ambushed people. So as soon as I saw that dude in the street, I knew that something mm-hmm. was up here. I'm not helping this guy. I'm just getting out of this situation. Yeah. And I think that kind of, um, that mentality, not that they actually like shine on it or anything like that, but when they're in the first episode, when they're driving by that family with the car, he doesn't stop for them and he keeps on the go, go, go. It's the same mentality that carried over with this too. It was just, don't stop for anybody. Just take care of yourself. <laughs> yeah. Like he's definitely wary, but I think Ellie understanding that, yeah, he's done, he's not like the knight in shining armor. Like he's done bad things. He understands exactly how bad people can be and why they are that way. Like he's not just the perfect human where he's going to help everyone. Like if, if Joel mm-hmm. says something's bad, it's probably bad. And he, he knows just by sensing something. It's not, he just thinks, like he right. understands why it is. Oh, yeah. So then they they set up their own little camp so that Joel can rest his knees and they decide they're going to camp out and sleep partway up this building before they make their way to the top. And we see Joel scattering broken glass all around the room. And Ellie's like, why are you doing that? Because it's, yeah, so that it's like an alarm system. If someone sneaks in here, I'm going to hear it. and. Ellie being the little joker that she is, she's like, are you sure you're going to hear that? Because pretty sure your hearing in your right ear is not so great. And that's when he blames it on, yeah, I've shot a gun so many times. So yeah, if you, if you want to keep your hearing, don't use that gun all too often. Use it yeah. as like a option of last resort. She's, a, she's definitely a witty, that's for sure. <laughs> and then Joel asks Ellie about hurting people, like she... She spoke about hurting people before, and but she do, just doesn't want to talk about it. So I think Joel does the right thing in just letting it go. Um, let's let's just let her process what's happened in this episode, however she wants, and then we'll come back to it later. But he does sort of highlight that, yeah, this isn't fair that you have to deal with this at this age, but it doesn't get any easier as you get older. So I'll let you cope with it how you want to this episode, but yeah, just know it's not going to get better, so we'll have to deal with it. Probably more times in the future, so yeah. don't let it eat you up too much. It's kind of a, a sad kind of realization 
and trying to understand that, but also, you know, finding the the line that you don't cross right away with people when it comes to those kind of things. Yeah, like I guess you kind of have to be a little bit trusting of people at times, but you also do need to be hesitant and wary of people to not just automatically assume, okay, everybody's good. Like, yeah, you have to understand that mm, some of these people might be up to no good. So I'm not going to trust you implicitly immediately, but if you can prove that you're trustworthy, then then we'll, we'll deal with that. Right. And then we get another one of Ellie's little jokes about diarrhea, basically asking Joel, did you know diarrhea is uh, hereditary? <laughs> Joel's is, Joel is very confused. He's just looking at it like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what are you talking about? And then Ellie goes, yeah, because it runs in your genes. <laughs> and then that's the moment where they have like their biggest bonding moment because Joel laughs and Ellie calls him out on laughing. She's like, oh, you, you laughed, you laughed, sucked in. And they, they just both start giggling like little kids and laying in their, on their little makeshift beds. And yeah, I thought it was so cool to see them just laughing and having a good time together, despite understanding that they're in a really shitty situation right now. Yeah, I think it's good to have like some of those like breathing moments when shit goes really bad. You always have to have something to kind of look back and lighten the mood a little bit, probably <laughs> keep yourself sane. Yeah. And it's cool to see, yeah, Joel get to have a laugh after so much bad shit has happened in yeah. the first three episodes. But you can also tell he's like, I hate that I'm laughing at this joke. Yeah. They go to sleep and then we, we get left on a major, major cliffhanger when they're woken up as they're held hostage at gunpoint by two people who, as someone that played the game, immediately knew who they were. And we come to learn later that Sam and Henry have now ambushed Joel and Ellie despite all their best efforts with the broken glass as a warning system. Yeah, they got them. <laughs> uh, Sam and Henry have worked out how to get around some of these little traps and warning systems. And yeah, they've now got Joel and Ellie at gunpoint and episode over. I thought that was, it's a cool way to end, but I hate cliffhangers like that. It's, it's like, ah, damn it. Especially when it's week to week. It's like, oh. Yeah, it's so frustrating. It's just like, you couldn't have given me like a little bit more, like another five minutes to just, who the hell are you? And just introductions at least, like give me an introduction. You don't have to go into full detail. As someone that hadn't played the games, what were you thinking at that moment where they're now held at gunpoint? Like, uh oh. Oh, I thought they were fucked. <laughs> I was like, oh, this lady, she's, she's found them. Like she somehow had her little, like, you know, people find them and they're done. They're done for. <laughs> and then what did you think of when they, they then panned up and they show Sam and Henry, a little kid with like superhero face paint on. He was so cute. I'm just like, I don't know how, how they got the slip on them, but kudos to them. Cause that is Joel's trained to like, know how to do this kind of stuff and like be prepared on elements for the most part. He's trained himself to do that. And these, these two people, especially a little kid, it's just like, Hey, <laughs> we gotcha. Yes. Yeah, so I thought it was a, a very fun ending in terms of rating. What would you give this episode? Um, it's, it's another five for me. I don't have any complaints about it. It was a, another fun episode. I think it was accurate in the timing that they gave it. I don't think it needed to be any longer except for that stupid little cliffhanger, but I think that they got the majority of everything in there and it was an adequate amount of time for that episode. So far, it probably wasn't the strongest of the, the previous three episodes, but I thought it was still great. Um, it's easily the most like action 
in this this episode where we get that ambush and the fight sequence and everything like I really enjoyed that and I, th- I thought it was very accurate to the games in terms of what you encounter when you first get to Pittsburgh and meeting Sam and Henry I was glad that there wasn't quite as much heartbreaking emotional moments in this one this is just more of a fun one but we also get a lot more back background on the dynamic between Joel and Ellie and witnessing it grow in the face of these enemies around them yeah the trying times and how they can bond and and get stronger together essentially ending on that cool cliffhanger definitely makes me amped up for episode five to to see more of that play out and find out Mm -hmm. what's going to happen with ellie joel and now sam and henry as well yeah absolutely it's gonna be great all righty thank you everyone for listening to the commentary booth If you enjoyed the show, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on podcast services and on YouTube. You can follow Karina on Instagram at Miss Karina Renee, and you can follow me on social media at Media and at Pario Magazine. The Commentary Booth is a fan-funded production of Jamie Apps Media. You can support the podcast alongside our magazine, Pario Magazine, on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Media. The following people supported at the community support group level or higher, and you cannot fathom how incredibly appreciative we are for their support. Brian and June Hart, Blake Robinson, Rena Renee, Courtney Paulson, Darren Hatcliffe, Jackson Carr, and Tracy Apps.